Welcome to The Deciders. This is Renee Frazier, founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned and woman-led advertising and communications firm in Southern California. Our show, The Deciders, gives us an opportunity to feature leaders, educators, change agents, people who share their stories, their insights, and their data. We do this in the interest of helping businesses grow their companies, handle their employees with care and concern, with intentionality, and to improve the business's impact. We all know that the coronavirus pandemic has sent shockwaves through our communities. But did you know that in America, of course, the richest country in the world, there are over 40 million people who are food insecure and hungry? And this includes 12 million children and 7 million seniors. And unfortunately, we see that in Los Angeles. My guest today is going to help us understand what we're doing about this in Los Angeles. He has uh, been battling this reality of food insecurity uh, for over 20 years. This is a Michael Flood I'll be introducing. He's president and CEO of the LA Regional Food Bank. As we've been through the pandemic, I know many of you have made donations to the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. Michael, tell us about what they're seeing. Uh, the Los Angeles Food Regional Food Bank is part of Feeding America, which is the largest hunger relief organization in the country with over 200 regional food banks. Welcome to the Deciders, Michael. Thank you, Renee. Thanks for the invitation and appreciate the opportunity to talk about food insecurity and what food banks are doing about it. And um, yeah, so the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank is based here, of course, in Los Angeles, covering uh, the Los Angeles County communities. And there are 200 food banks, as you mentioned, that are part of the network of Feeding America, um, which helps coordinate on a national basis um, activities for food banks around the country. Um, so there, there's a food bank in, in Orange County, Ventura, Inland Empire. There are about 20 um, Feeding America food banks in California, of course, in the Bay Area, Central Valley, and all doing uh, important work in their local community uh, in bringing in uh, mostly donated food, surplus food, what's termed as sort of food waste in today's world. That's how food banks got going many years ago. Let me and, ask about the, yeah. um, <clears throat> the people that you serve. It's my understanding the food bank is free. People come to get food from you. And uh, as you said, it's donated. So is it from restaurants, grocery stores? Tell us the sources the food comes from. Sure. Well, all of the above. Um, so it, actually farmers and growers and, and produce companies um, is, is an important source. Retailers, manufacturers, food service, food processors. Um, United States Department of Agriculture plays an important role of identifying surplus amounts of food and getting it out to food banks around the country. Um, we do purchase some food, but the vast majority of what comes in um, is donated with a particular focus on nutritious food and ensuring that we're providing as much as we can a balanced sort of plate or balanced um, packages of food going out to people. You know, people struggling, they range from older adults living on social security and um, to families, some who are working, some who are thrown out of work with the pandemic or mm -hmm. have reduced work hours um, and, and continue to struggle. Um, so, you know, it's something that affects all people 
and with the numbers you 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 uh, cited, um, it's it's an enormous issue. What about in Los Angeles? Uh, have you seen an increase since COVID? I'm sure you have. Can you describe that? And if you've seen a change in the kind of people coming in, I'm curious. Yes, well, we certainly saw a, a spike up in the demand for food assistance almost immediately last March in 2020, um, as uh, the as as COVID became apparent, uh, the pandemic occurred, and really big large parts of the economy started shutting down, um, schools closing, and, and the like. So, absolutely, we saw a huge spike uh, during 2020. Our food distribution increased by 145%, which wow. was unprecedented for us. And it's still at this period running 120%. In, in other words, more than double the amount of food we were distributing pre-pandemic. And the, the story, especially in 2020, was very common. Uh, people thrown out of work, people furloughed, laid off, um, having trouble getting through the unemployment system, unfortunately, to get mm-hmm. any sort of resource. A lot of people uh, first time seeking food assistance in their lives was also a very typical story we heard. Um, so that that certainly was uh, just a, an enormous change that um, our, our food bank, and, and again, the food bank, just I wanna make emphasize this point, um, we distribute food to uh, nearly 700 other charitable organizations throughout Los Angeles County, food pantries, shelters, boys and girls clubs, older adult programs. So that's where most of our food goes to, but we also do direct distributions. You probably saw some on the news, these larger drive-through distributions. Right. Um, often we were sponsoring a lot of those in conjunction with a lot of different groups. Well, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing that there is this network of uh, food banks, because you're right. I mean, when a person is uh, thrown out of a job, uh, unemployed, it's very difficult to transport yourself, right? To buy gas, get in your car, ride the bus system. And with COVID, we didn't, uh, many people were not doing that for good reason. So in fact, you wanted to be in your local neighborhood. So you work through local organizations who have contact with people in their community. Exactly. Yeah. And um, the, the question often comes, how do I find out about this? You go to LAfoodbank.org and click on find food and you can do a zip code search and see who these agencies are in your local community and call 211, which is a great resource, um, not just here in LA, but nationwide to find out resources in your local community. And yes, heavily volunteer driven organizations, committed people doing really important work in helping their neighbors. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to hear about this in the sense that there are good people doing this work. And I'm happy that you mentioned 211. I think that's an important place for people to turn for all kinds of resources, mental health, housing, uh, obviously issues around uh, dealing with certain systems in the government. How many people do you feel through this network of food banks uh, you serve each month in Los Angeles area? Uh, prior to the pandemic, it was a, approximately 300,000 a month, and it increased to um, more than 900,000 a month, oh uh, and it's still running at that level. You know, the demand was highest during 2020. You know, our local unemployment rate here in Los Angeles County was over 20% yes. um, a little over a year ago. We're still over 10% here in LA County. So we're still higher than the state. We're still ha- higher than the federal unemployment rate. Um, you know, the ca- economy seems to be coming back, but you know, it's, it's a little bit slower here. 
for some of the the segments of the of, of our local economy. And um, so, yes. So uh, again, unemployment a big driver uh, for for overall need. I'm I'm curious. So when did Feeding America and the food banks actually begin? Sounds like it's something that could have come out in the 30s. But yes. can you, when it started, I'm curious. Yeah, no, I, I do. Uh, you know, so the LA Regional Food Bank started in 1973. A gentleman by the name of Tony Collier, who's um, long since passed away, just started with a pickup truck in the Pasadena area and started picking up food that was surplus at grocery stores and other locations and getting it out to people. So that core work of tapping into wholesome uh, food has been the kind of the, the root of the food bank work from the very beginning. And then Feeding America came along in uh, the late 70s, 1979. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's interesting. Food banks founded Feeding America um, because food banks were popping up around the country and felt the need for a national organization to help coordinate activity, um, to have a voice in you know, Washington, D.C., a voice with food donors and the like. And that worked very well. And the partnership between Feeding America and food banks um, around the country is very strong. I've served on the board of Feeding America. It's a really, uh, really important organization. We're really doing the handling of the food, the trucking and everything related to that. Mm. Feeding America has a presence and office in Chicago and an office in D.C., and they're helping, you know, with policy awareness, relationships, um, doing a lot of important work on behalf of food banks. So advocacy, you know, really, really uh, representing the, the view from the food banks, which is smart, because when I think of my local, there's a church near me and I know it gives out food for everyone. And, you know, they don't have the staff to be the advocate or the voice uh but it sounds like uh, Feeding America does that. You know, it's interesting in my work with uh, corporations, we've been emphasizing, as I'm sure you're aware, the triple bottom line, right? People, profit, not just profit alone, but your people, and then the community, whether it's the environment or the community you serve. And I see that a lot of the um, organizations have found a philanthropic component to their work that connects right to who they are. So, for example, I worked with the Hilton Foundation when I served on a United Way board, and they were focused on homelessness. They had Hilton's hotels, rooms. And I've seen, you know, other organizations uh, uh, recently, a wonderful chain of bookstores called Indigo Books in Canada, focused on literacy. In your case, I think the issue would be grocery stores or the potential partner uh, because they serve and they uh, prepare, they give food, they sell food to people and obviously distribute it. Do you you have partnerships with the grocery stores and do they run deep or are they just giving you product? No, they run deep. Uh, We see, uh, we see the food donated. We see the volunteerism. uh, We see financial support from, from many. And um, so, yeah, that triple bottom line of what you're, um, describing. Um, and, and yeah, it to- totally makes sense for uh, not just grocery stores, but really anyone in the food world um, to be focused on this, you know, what is happening with our surplus food? Um, can it go to feed people and help people in our local community? So those partnerships are, are certainly long and wide across many, many companies in, in the food industry. And then in addition to that, those that are not involved in the food industry, many are coming in to volunteer their time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that interestingly with the pandemic, um, 
that really shifted because again, with businesses closing, you know, they may have had a date on the calendar for March or April, but had to cancel because of the uncertainty right. of the pandemic. So our volunteer team did a really great job of really focusing on what we call individual volunteers who we've always had, but mm-hmm. really had to focus on exclusively, um, especially during 2020. Um, and again, the volunteer part of things, very simple and going to the LAfoodbank.org and clicking on volunteer, you can see volunteer opportunities there. And um, so because this is a, a heavily a volunteer driven activity um, here with food banks and our, our partner agencies. I'm glad to hear that. I think it's important for our listeners to know that they can go to the website and find ways to volunteer. A lot of companies are are asking their employees to participate, as you said, and so you can get 100 or 200 people at, on, a, you know, on a particular volunteer effort. Or, of course, my company is like 28 people, 27 people. But we all like to volunteer. So I think it's a great way to bring people together and do something for the community. And it seems since you're very, very volunteer-driven, probably a very high proportion of the cash and the non-cash donations actually go directly to serving people in need. Is yeah, that right? They do. they do, yeah. So for us, uh, we, we, we do um, our fiscal year's calendar year, and we just put up our financial statements. On, on the website and, and 98% of the resources come in, go out to program services. So it's a very high percentage um, because we rely heavily on donated food and volunteerism. For every dollar, we're able to distribute the equivalent of four meals out to the community. So there's tremendous leveraging um, for financial contributions um, for not just our food bank, but again, other food banks. And that also translates down to, again, our agency partners, food pantries and other organizations, um, very efficient organizations, organizations that are really um, just leveraging the dollar as best they can to help as many people as they can. And very often those local organizations are volunteer driven. I know at the church I've uh, volunteered at, we see their volunteers with us. uh, And in the case of um, Red Cross, I'm also on their board. And there was a big effort to distribute food at the beginning of this uh, the strong effort with volunteers. Uh, you know, my, my firm, Fraser Communications, has been focused on early childhood development for many years. We work with First Five California across the state in making parents aware of the importance of early childhood development and particularly talking, reading and singing and nutrition. And I think all of us realize that nutrition is important to keep kids energy level up and their uh, ability to learn. But when we look at food insecurity, families who can't afford three meals a day, who may have to uh, forego nutritious meals for their children, what's the impact that you see on development of children, young children in particular, when they're faced with food insecurity in their families? Well, it's significant. It has to do with brain development, especially, um, it again, translates into social and psychological and other issues um, at, at its severest form. And um, so, yes, providing that nutrition, uh, nutritious food at, a, at an early age immediately um, is very important. You know, a program called the Women, Infants and Children's Program, WIC, as it's commonly known, it's a very critical program to provide those women who are pregnant and um, breastfeeding and for their children up to the age of five with nutritious food packages. That's why that program got going many years ago. And we have outstanding uh, WIC uh, clinics and organizations here locally that the food bank works with 
um, getting them diapers and other items that those families need um, in addition to food. So absolutely, that's really important. And another program I wanna mention, Renee, uh, that a lot of people are just not aware of, especially those that are, again, new to need, um, is the CalFresh program. So this is the name for the traditional food stamp program, which people probably will remember um, from years ago. Um, nationally, it's now called SNAP, but in California, we call this program the CalFresh program. And again, this program is modernized so that people can um, apply online, get a sense of the, the benefits that they may get, uh, through getcalfresh.org, um, and then apply online, uh, call centers through our local LA County Department of Public Social Services office. And again, this is a really, it, this allows you, if you're not familiar with CalFresh, it provides you some benefits on, a, uh, on an electronic benefit transfer card, EBT right. card, that you can use then to choose what items you want, what okay. food items you want in a grocery store. So again, uh, uh, their enrollment, as you can imagine, also increased markedly with mm. the pandemic. We did a lot of outreach with the County of Los Angeles, letting people know, because uh, we want people to know all of the resources that are available to them. And then the other thing, Renee, I just want to mention, just the power of kind of public policy, is that with the new state budget, we're going to be moving to where school meals, we're going to be getting rid of the fees for school meals. Um, which is really very important. Really important. They get breakfast and lunch, two meals a day, as I understand right. it. Right. So and the, I, I like the idea of no fees and uh, people can qualify. I mm -hmm. believe in LAUSD, we have a high qualification rate, over 70%. Correct. Yep, that's right. And, you know, there's a lot of administrat administrative part of it of collecting 80 cents for a meal or a dollar for a meal. And again, we, we really should be focusing on then providing nutritious food to, to, to children, to older adults, to, to, to families, to adults, um, you know, and, and, you know, because it, it shows, studies show that to your point of, uh, especially for young children and the like, that investment um, it not only provides positive benefits, obviously, for the child as they grow to be an adult, but it also saves in healthcare costs later. That's right. I mean, it, it's just even a, it's even a healthcare, you know, just common sense investment to provide um, nutritious food to anyone of any age, but especially children. Well, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, in the research that's been done, there's a man named Heckman who's done a lot of this work in the investment in particularly reading and talking, singing to children when they're young. That's our campaign, Talk, Read, Sing. But the demonstration with test and control groups is that you can impact them, the literacy of the child, their vocabulary. And for every dollar invested, you get seven dollars back. Uh, you don't pay for special needs issues or incarceration and early pregnancy, things of that nature. So you're right. And feeding young children is so important. I'll never forget uh, way back we were doing focus groups. I'm a researcher by training and a social psychologist with people to convince them to donate. And this was at the time for United Way. And I'll never forget we had a focus group with some older men. And they said, I don't understand why United Way is giving people why they're providing food to children. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, the idea that a child can't learn well if they're tired and they have their head on the desk or their stomach's growling, uh, that they're, they're going to be they're going to be behavioral issues had never occurred to this gentleman. And as soon as we talked about it, his eyes lit up and he realized 
how inattentive he'd been to what what right. those basic needs are. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if you live in a world with with where there's plenty of food, your unconscious bias is this is the life everyone has. And that it's not difficult. But in fact, it, it can be hard for families and parents try so hard. Can you can you tell me the, uh, what you describe as a food desert? What would be the definition you folks use? A food desert is a community where there's really a lack of access to um, healthy food choices, especially fresh food. Um, so you see this in uh, lower income communities, often communities of color, um, which really don't, in some instances, have access to what's considered kind of a primary grocery store that you walk in and it has a, a fresh food section and they have a deli and, and uh, you know, a meat section and seafood and the like. Um, so that definitely is an issue um, in, in Los Angeles and um, certainly something where w- we do mobile distributions throughout um, Los Angeles County and trying to focus on communities that we know um, are, are struggling with access to food um, and providing a tr- you know, tremendous amount of fresh produce and other nutritious items to families and individuals there. And Renee, on the earlier point, you know, in terms of, I'm sure you've talked about this on, on your earlier shows, you know, the, the housing costs of LA, you know, the percent of households that are rent burdened, you know, to, to your listener, they still may ask, well, why, why are people struggling feeding themselves? They may understand it during the pandemic with, you know, the, uh, the upending of the economy. But even pre-pandemic, you know, living in a place like LA, uh, if a household's putting 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% of their income, depending on what that situation is to a roof over their heads. Um, I don't care how efficient you are with a dollar, you're going to have a hard time feeding yourself and your family. So, you know, again, these issues of food insecurity, housing affordability, you've talked about childcare and education. There's very much a linkage between these issues. And um, if there's anything that I hope coming out of the pandemic is that we, we, focus a little bit more, you know, intersectedly or whatever the right term is mm-hmm. in terms of, and not just look at things in one narrow area and understand mm-hmm. that if we work on these issues in concert, um, we can really make m- more of an impact um, than, than we do sort of individually. Well, and a sustainable impact, right? Yeah. Uh, giving people meals is very important, but making sure they have housing that's safe and an environment that's safe uh, and a job to give them a sense of worth, et cetera, also brings, uh, it lifts the whole family up. And I agree with you. They're all related. Yes, we've had um, Stephanie Klosky from LA Family Housing on to talk uh-huh. about yeah. Uh, the cost of housing. And, and I just want to remind the, the the listeners as well, when you look at the cost of uh, housing in, in Los Angeles, what happens is families then live together, right? You'll have uncles and aunts and a grandparent who live in the same house. Each you know has a room separately, but that way they all combine their money to pay rent. Uh, and it's, sometimes it's a desirable situation for them because for their family and, and culturally they prefer that. But we also know it means you live in close quarters. And unfortunately, we've seen that kind of density can, in fact, be a health problem with something like COVID-19. Uh, so I th- it's good for people to understand, as you said, how these are all related. Uh, and uh, uh, just having food is one very important, essential element. But we want them to also have uh, a livelihood and, and a wonderful, safe place to live. So I think there's been a, a greater understanding of that as a result of the pandemic, certainly with the social inequities 
being so evident, unfortunately, with brown and black people getting sick with COVID and more seriously with COVID and also dying. I think it's put a put a spotlight on that. Is there anything you'd like to ask our listeners to think about? And please remind us how to make donations, but also any last thoughts you'd like to give in terms of when we look at uh, L.A. Regional Food Bank, the work that it does and the needs we have in our Los Angeles community. Yes, definitely. And, uh, you know, I would say the food bank is um, sort of the hub of the wheel around food and to a certain degree, volunteerism and resources. And it's a role we've played, as I mentioned, um, for quite some time since uh, 1973, starting very small and humbly. uh, But we've grown um, through the years to be, you know, significant organization. Um, So, yes, we're, we're continuing to increase our capacity. We've actually acquired a new building in the city of industry where we're raising money for the building improvements. Um, so there's a lot of information people can learn about um, what we're doing, our work at lafoodbank.org. Uh, people, of course, can make a financial contribution, learn about this building campaign, learn about our ongoing work, volunteer, find out uh, you know where to get food, who your local agency is. They, they appreciate support, financial support supportive, nutritious food, you know, from you. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I think this is an issue that everyone can do something about, um, you know, it's, 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 the numbers are large, um, but, you know, every action uh, has a positive impact on, on the lives of people. Well, thank you. I think also small things can make a big difference, right? If everyone contributes and everyone does volunteers, it, it turns into a massive movement with uh, the scale of the people we have in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for sharing the information about LA Regional Food Bank and Feeding America. This has been extremely helpful and we appreciate you being on the deciders. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Renee. For our listeners, you can hear our podcast anytime on our website at FraserCommunications.com. We are a full-service advertising and marketing firm, which is mission-driven to change the world in a positive way with communications. Feel free to contact us at FraserCommunications.com to learn more. We'll be back next week here on The Deciders with Renee Frazier. Have a wonderful week ahead.